The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, welcome in, Buck fans. Week 14 edition of the No Quarter Given Podcast, a winning week edition. Bucks moved to 5-7 and seven with a 21-18 win over the Carolina Panthers. Raymond James Stadium, a very wet Raymond James Stadium, as we will get into here in a second. Uh, I'm your host, Jason, along with Peter Blake. Welcome in, Peter. What's going on, buddy? A, a winning edition of the No Quarter Given uh, podcast here on the BuckPower.com network. It's nice. It's nice for a change. As you were sitting up in the press box eating your four plates of uh, whatever press box del- delights you were being issued, I was sitting in the end zone getting drenched and poured on. Uh, but uh, as long as there's a W in the formula, I can, I'll, I'll take I'll take getting wet. So uh, ugly day at Raymond James Stadium from a weather perspective, huh? Absolutely. And I tell you right now, uh, somebody needs to tell Florida to stop being a bipolar woman. Decide what you want to do. Sorry, guys. One day you're cold and the next day you're hot and then it's a monsoon. Like, come on, let's figure this out. Let's let's get the cold temperatures here. You know, fall, winter. Let's turn the page here. I'm tired of the heat and I'm tired of the rain. And I tell you right now, trying to do a post game show out in the rain, not necessarily the best idea. Okay. <laughs> Then you forget the screw that you put down in the desk to put the desk down. And uh, genius over here, yours truly, somebody on the uh, sideline decided to dump a fan that had all kinds of water. Well, consequently, they dumped the water where me and JP were supposed to do our stand-up. So me, being the genius that I am, (laughs) tried to move the cart without the screw holding down uh, the uh, board. And guess what happened? Uh, everything went down in the water. Thank God my laptop didn't get damaged. Thank God my mics didn't get damaged. But I was like, okay, screw it. We're going on the cell phone. We're going to do the cell phone shot. Uh, I don't know, man. Do you not have access to the tunnel at all, where you could do something in a tunnel? A little bit of air coverage? Well, see, here's the thing. I try to go to the 40-yard line because that's where the plugs are. Yeah, but when it's raining, bro. Right. Well, when it's raining, I've done rain before, but, you know, I didn't think it was going to be raining that bad. It was going to be that wet, and it was really wet. And then the guy didn't help the situation with dumping out the fan. Like, come on, man. Just wait till I get my shot. And I shouldn't have moved it. It was just a weird day overall. We got the, the camera shot done. It was fine. Uncle TJ Reeves came on. It was good. But, yeah, when it's that wet, yeah, don't do that. Don't try that at home, kids. If you have all this professional equipment, you know, just put it away. Put it away somewhere. Ask to go somewhere else. Uh, don't do that. The amazing part about the game Sunday was all the rain. There was no lightning. There was no lightning. I was shocked. We had up in Pittsburgh, you had two lightning delays and all that. And somehow, some way, because it got pretty black there for a – for a pretty good bit during the second quarter. I mean, I was shocked that we didn't have any lightning and thus a delay. So 
Bucks win 21-18. Um, we will not have a Paul Stewart montage this week of the Atlanta Falcons. If you are interested in the montage of the Falcons, go back to our previous episode that we talked about the, the first game with the Falcons. You can listen to that montage, or you can go to Buck Power TV on YouTube to, to see it, or you can go to my YouTube. Uh, you can't go to my YouTube channel, but Buck Power TV is the place to go, and you can probably go to buckpower.com. The, monta- the previous montage is probably on there somewhere if you look hard enough on buckpower.com. So, uh, but no montage. Peter, Peter and I are going to uh, recap the game. We'll preview this week uh, uh, in Atlanta, and we'll uh, so we'll, we'll get we're going to get to all that good stuff. So, all right, give me a general thought about the game uh, Sunday, twenty one eighteen final. I mean, slow moving game, no, a lack of urgency. Uh, even though the Bucks get out, you thought that they would have a better effort versus the Carolina Panthers. I get it; they have a new coach, it is fired, but they should be in disarray. This offense struggled, and I thought Baker Mayfield had most likely his worst game of the season. He did struggle. It was it was not good. I mean, how much of it's attributed to the weather, we don't know. Play calling, I didn't love the, some of the play calling. Um, again, you had to me when it's wet out, you got better opportunities with your receivers. They know where they're going. The DBs are going to be a little more cautious as far as back pedals and that kind of stuff. So you had opportunities to throw the ball a little bit more than I did um, for me. Um, Bucks were depleted on defense. A lot of guys out. You had JJ Russell in there. You had Ryan Neal playing linebacker. He's normally a safety. Um, you obviously you had no Devin White. You had, you know, Jamel Dean was out. So you had a lot of guys out on defense. Uh, we, 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 uh, we had a little history though, Hit a little history on offense. Mike Evans, 10th straight year gets to a thousand yards right there with Jerry Rice. Only two guys in the history of the league. Really close to 100 touchdowns he's getting there. So uh, another stellar performance, seven catches, 162 and a touchdown. Uh, and obviously highlighted by the 75-yard kind of skinny post that uh, was overturned on replay. So good for good for Mike Evans. Yeah, great for Mike Evans. Of course, you know, 10 straight, 1,000 uh, wide receiving seasons, one away from tying most likely the greatest wide receiver of all time, maybe one of the greatest players of all time. And Jerry Rice, this is why I say he's first ballot Hall of Famer being Evans, because he's never played with a consistent quarterback, a top upper echelon quarterback, and he continues to put... Well, he played three years with Tom. Come on now. Um, but the majority of his career, it wasn't Tom Brady. Everybody I got you. It was Tom Brady. He's never had a consistent... Like, imagine if he had Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady for the majority... For six or seven, eight years. Right. Like. Exactly. Put a bigger number. So, you know, with that being said, it was great to see... Uh, it was also great to see Todd Bowles challenge it because, uh, you know, he wouldn't have challenged it. And, and thank God they were at home. J.P. Peterson even mentioned this because they kept on replaying it, replaying it. And it clearly showed that Mike Evans right across the pylon there. And I think maybe if it was on the road, he wouldn't have challenged it. So good on Todd Bowles, not only calling a timeout before halftime using one of those timeouts because he can't save them. And most likely you're not going to get a bonus for having them, but also challenging that play which really you know, took the momentum away from the Panthers because at the time, the Panthers were up, what, 10-7? to 7, And Bucks fans were like, uh-oh, here we go again. But Baker Mayfield, big-time play to Mike Evans, changes the momentum, and then after that, you get a Chris Godwin touchdown. But neither here nor there, congratulations to Mike Evans for being one of the most consistent players in Tampa Bay Buccaneer history and possibly go down as the greatest offensive player in Buccaneer history. Where do you, where do you see him? Because we're yeah. debating that this week. Uh, Mike, I'll stop. Mike, 
Evans. No, the longevity of Evans, the, the the consistent longevity of production. I think Evans is right there. I, I think Evans is number one offensively as the, as the best offensive weapon in the history of the, of the organization. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that. Tough. The, the, this game Sunday was a tough watch for two and a half quarters. I mean, there was middle of the third quarter. It's ten to seven, and it was. I mean, it was just ugly. I mean, Baker did not play well. You know, I've, I've, you know, I've kind of hinted that, you know, the beginning of the end of Baker, I mean, I've, I've tried, you know, you try to give him the benefit of the doubt, but man, he just, and again, I, I, you know, whether it's, whether it's play calling, whether it's him not being able to see over the line of scrimmage, whatever combination of things, just without that little two drive spurt, the Buccaneers were in deep trouble losing that game. They had the little two drive spurt where Evans goes for 75. And then the next drive you had Chris, you know, you put a little drive together, nice, Nice punt return, and then you go, and then you have uh, Godwin run the reverse for the twenty-yard touchdown. But other than that, man, it was pretty ugly. Yeah, it was pretty ugly. It was a great day to uh, eat lots of plates, and honestly, I thought you know we're going to get a lightning delay, and when you get a lightning delay, you can eat more. So (laughs) you're you're exactly right. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to watch offensive football because it's offensive. Uh, football when it comes to the Bucks this year and hopefully they can put it together I don't know I, I'm a Baker guy came into this year thinking you know he's going to put up Geno Smith type of numbers and they would have success and they just have it you know but I will say one positive that came out of this game a couple positives besides Mike Evans uh, Rashad White yep uh, another good day there 20 carries you know, 84 84 yards and a touchdown yep the last two weeks 185 yards total I mean that's what you want to see and it's, it certainly seems like you know, the game plan is changing. He's getting stronger. Something happened. The offensive line has gotten better. Whatever it is, right now, if you become a balanced football team, who knows, you take that pressure off of Baker and it's not all passing him. I like to see this team come out, have a fast start, and then, you know, see how it plays out instead of, you know, have their backs against the wall and, and have to come back, especially versus an awful team like the Panthers. Did think a couple things that I, a couple things I just I don't understand offensively that we're doing. Anytime yeah. we get into short yardage, we never get into an eye formation and snap the ball from under center and hand the ball to Rashad White. It's a short yardage black. It's always in the shotgun. It's always in that side saddle handoff on third and one, third and two. If you're going to run the ball, get in the eye formation. Whether you have to put a fullback in the game, whether it's a tight end or maybe a Vita Vea kind of guy. Let's get into a power formation if we're going to run short yardage in the I formation, even if it's a toss sweep. I just don't like running short yardage out of the shotgun. I don't either. I don't either. And and it's tough because your interior line has had difficulty, although Cody Mock has, has played better the last couple of weeks. You started to see yep. the reason why they drafted him in the second round. And again, you know, that's to be expected. Rookie guy starting on the right side would have his bumps in the road, but starting to kind of get it. The lights are kind of turning on, as my dad used to say. You're exactly right. And I almost feel like this offense sometimes plays to third down. Like it takes – like get some get some first downs before you get to third down. Like a right. manageable third down or it's third and eight. You know, why does it take to make a big play? You know, get some first downs before you get to that third down. You don't see the continuity. You don't see the explosive plays. I get it. You have Evans there. You don't see enough of that. We don't see enough – of explosive plays with this offense. And yes, it is. It is completely boring for the majority of the game. Absolutely. And more play action on first down. We don't have to run the ball to the left or the right. A little more play action. Let's get K. Dot and some more touches. I mean, Godwin and Otten have turned into being invisible the last 
month. I mean, I, I, I mean, Godwin didn't even have a catch on Sunday. He had one carry for 19 yards. He had three targets, but no catches, no yards. I mean, that's just you've got to. I, it, and we and we can't keep saying, well, it's the chemistry between Baker and Chris. You got to draw a place for Chris Godwin or put him in the slot. Whatever we got to do, we got to do a better job. We got to get more involvement from your receiving core. And when uh, Todd Bowles was asked about this, he was saying that uh, the reason why they're not getting Godwin more involved is because they were subbing him out. But the statistics show that that's not necessarily true because he still played 52 uh, snaps. Now, tonight, as we're recording this broadcast, I don't know if you've seen his wife's comments. Comment on Chris Godwin and how she has taken, you know, issue with Todd Bowles and saying what he's saying and, and, uh, basically, she's defending her man, and right. big time debate about that. If that's just her speaking, or is that an extension of Chris Godwin? Is well, of course, it's an extension of Chris Godwin. Right, but it's it's never a good thing because when you start to hear these type of things, right, then the locker room that that's when. And again, this is you got to win this game on Sunday if you right. win the NFC South, but you have a, a situation like this. You kind of wonder there's more situations to come because those usually lead to distractions. So we get to the second half. Bucks take, you know, Bucks score two touchdowns in a, in a quick, quick shorter from down 10 7. They go to 14 uh, 10 with the Evans 75 yard touchdown. They then follow that up with the, with the Chris Godwin run to get to 21 10. Then you have the Panthers at fourth and 12 or whatever the number was. They Carlton Davis gets beat on about a 35 yard go route down the sideline. I mean, just not a good job, not not a great job there by Carlton. You let you let them off the hook. They score. They get to twenty one sixteen. Make the two point conversion. You have the unfortunate face mask by Shoyanka on the two point play. They then convert that with Chuba Hub. Hub uh, I'm sorry, not Hubbard, but uh, uh, Bryce Young runs the, runs it in twenty one eighteen. They get the ball back later in the game with with an opportunity to to theoretically tie the game or win the game. And our guy Antoine Winfield seals it late with the interception on the on the sideline. Uh, no pass rush for the Buccaneer. The pass rush was not very good on Sunday. Um, you know, you, to way too much. Uh, I won't say. And again, it was tricky. What do you do? Do you play coverage against Bryce Young, make him read the coverage, or do you all you blitz him a bunch, which which leads to more man to man? You were depleted on defense, but just not a consistent pass rush with the front four. It's crazy because they had four sacks and they did get some pressure against them. But you're exactly. It didn't. Right. It didn't feel like it was. It no. didn't feel like it was c- constant. No, it didn't feel like it's constant. It hasn't felt like that all year long. And and you're still giving up big plays. You're still giving up some you know chunks of yep. yards. But they didn't have back breaking plays like this defense has given up. And oh by the way, you know uh, with their linebacking situation, we're playing Ryan Neal, even though he kind of gets juked out of his jock on the two-point conversion by uh, Bryce Young. I thought he played relatively well. Yep. 220-pound linebacker got a game yep. ball after the game. And I thought Russell was more active than Devin White. Whether it's injury or effort, Russell was active. He had a sack in this game. Of course, you talk about Antoine Winfield Jr. I mean, what more can this young man uh, do and accomplish? Defensive player of the week, eight tackles, one sack, one interception, of course, to close out the game. Yeah, consistent factor all year long. He's been the grave digger. He's the guy that has led this defense and definitely is the MVP. But I, I thought, you know, with uh, not having Levante David and Devin White and even KJ Britt in this game, they still put enough pressure on the quarterback at certain times, even though they gave up some yards on the running game. 
pretty good job by J.J. Russell. And Kalijah Canty continues to, to, to shine. He's doing a good job in there, complimenting Vita Vea. Obviously, Vea probably eats up some of the some of the, the coverage for Canty to have some more one-on-ones. But give Canty credit. He's been a disruptor. He's got four or five sacks on the year, I believe. So And he was named, what, rookie, the rookie defensive player of the month in the NFC, yes. for the month of November. So that's, that's turning out to be a really good draft pick. We still need to see – Again, to me, we got to see more from the edge guys. Shoyinka, Diaby, and Barrett have got to be more consistent in their pressure on the on the on the edges. Yeah, I, I like Diaby there, and I, I get it. JTS again. I, I don't know what to make of him. I'm Situational not- player at best right now. Rotation guy. At best. And on top of it, another two point conversion, a stupid play. I get it. He's trying to effort, but you, you can't commit that penalty. He did that in the Houston game. Right. The same thing. Like it's that's dumb stuff. And right. he's been in the league for a little bit. So he's just a guy at this point. He's a rotation. I, I love Yaya Diaby. I think the future's bright. People criticize, yep. you know, Jason Light. But you, you really look at it. Kalijah Kansi, Yaya Diaby, Logan Hall. And you start. You know, yeah, Logan Hall. I ain't seen much out of Logan Hall. But he's Cody Mock. Yeah. But he's got Cody Mock. This year's draft class has been impactful. Cody Mock, Kansi, uh, Diaby's playing. So, yeah, I think, again, Christian is Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer, Christian Izian. So you're getting a lot of production out of this out of this rookie class. By necessity, unfortunately, I think if, if, if things were different, maybe these guys wouldn't be getting as many snaps, a couple of these guys. But give them credit. They, they've hung in there. They've made plenty of mistakes. But, again, Trey Palmer's been good. I think he's going to be a – I think he's going to be a really good number three receiver as we move forward. We still haven't seen Trey Palmer get thrown the ball over the top, which I don't get that if he's the fastest receiver we got – and we know he can run, why aren't we throwing one deep ball a week to this guy over the top somehow, some way, even if it just loosens up the coverage for the other guys? It's either Baker not wanting to do it, Baker not seeing him, Baker not being – Or scheming. It might be the play calling. Right, the play calling, and then when he gets it, then he drops it. I mean, it is various amounts of things this year with this offense. Like, they've had plays down the field. Like, I'm not saying it's all on Baker. Like, these wide receivers have dropped a lot of passes, but – you would like to see that aspect more in this game, and you don't see it, and that's what's missing right now. You're missing the big play besides the Mike Evans play there. You like to see Trey Palmer over the top. You like to see – I think Chris Goblin's playing out of position. I think he, he's wrong. I, I, don't, I, don't, I understand what the Bucks were trying to do, but Chris Goblin is a slot-wide receiver. Living the slot. That's where he loves – he knows how to read those zones. Right. He, knows, he understands that stuff beautifully. Yes, he's not an outside guy, and I understand what the Bucks were trying to do, but you have Trey Palmer. He has that 4-3 speed. Let him use that speed. Let him use that separation. I don't know if he's a great – he's the greatest route runner, but it seems like he's getting there. Like, he's just, just a yeah. little bit almost there. He could be really a good three – maybe a two-wide receiver. It's crazy as it sounds. Maybe one of these wide receivers yeah. – say, you know what? We're going to move on. We're going to have Trey Palmer step in, or you draft somebody – and as much as I hate to say it, you know, Mike Evans may work his way out of here. I don't know. That, that's not happening. I hope it doesn't happen, but let's say it does. Or you have Chris Godwin and you say, you know what? Maybe we need to move on because he's not going to work in the offense. You just don't know. But Trey Palmer certainly seems like, you know, a draft pick. And that's why I say a lot of fans, a lot of uh, pundits out there, very hard on Jason Light. Jason Light knows how to build this football team. and He deserves, you know, the credit for, for what he's done this year. I don't think it's I, yeah again I, again we'll talk we, we, we'll hopefully I mean obviously we, we're we're here to 
support Todd Bowles. But the oh. question, the question of the day is, is Todd Bowles the man for this job? I mean, that's that's is he able to, you know, coach him up enough and be an inspirational enough guy and 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 take be the aggressive enough guy as a head coach, whether it's picking the right offensive coordinator, offensive system, whatever. And again, the number one thing you have to do, and no matter what team you are, you got to find the trigger man. You got to find an impact quarterback, whether it's I just don't like you and I've talked. I'm just, I just don't know if it's Baker Mayfield long-term. Could he be a backup quarterback? Yeah, but I don't think he's going to stay here as a backup. I think Kyle Trask can be that guy. The decision the Buccaneers have to figure out is the quarterback situation moving forward. Is it, do you get somebody in free agency? Do you trade for somebody or do you go to the draft and draft somebody? I think you have to draft somebody. If there's somebody out there and look, you lose on Sunday and I don't think they're going to, but let's say they do. To me, the season's over. And to me, that's where you got to take you got to take a look at Kyle Trask. Yeah, you got to evaluate. And you I think say, once you get two games out of the race, you got to go to Kyle Trask. Right now, there's still one game back, yeah. both wild card and the division. I think if you get to two games out of the fir- out of first place, and that could be after Sunday. If you lose in Atlanta Sunday, you're two games out. They've you're really three games out because they've swept you. Yep. So you really the division's over. If you lose Sunday, you're three behind with with four to play, and you're pretty much done. I mean, you're you're probably done with trips to Green Bay. You got Jacksonville coming. You're probably done if you don't win Sunday. You're probably done. Yeah, you may get a break with uh, you know um, Minnesota and the Rams losing. Yeah, but you get a you may get a break with uh, Jacksonville because they're they're. Quite- but you're three behind the division, and that's that's your most viable path. To the playoffs. Exactly. That's where you watch your home game, and that's what was to be expected when you you did all yeah. the re-signing and you didn't go with a full rebuild. Yeah. You could have easily went with a full rebuild, and if you're going to go with a full rebuild, you draft a quarterback. Um, you draft a quarterback, or you start Kyle Trask for this right. year. You take all the bumps in the road. You evaluate him, and if he's not right. the guy, then you have a higher draft pick. But I think it's a year where you have to evaluate. You have to see if he's the guy. And if he's not the guy being a second round pick, then you have to cut your losses and say, this is the guy that's not going to work. We need to go out there and get a quarterback because there have been teams before that invest, you know, premium picks, you know, the Arizona Cardinals. That's an example. Josh Rosen one year, the next year they turned the page on Kyle, uh, Kyler Murray. Was it the right decision? He had and, some success, but teams have done that. And yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead and go keep going. No, I mean, I'm just saying that you're not necessarily locked into a quarterback. And a guy that I love and it's personal favorite, and I don't know if he's going to be there or not where the Bucks pick, a Michael Penix. You know, 24 years local old. Local kid, local kid. Local kid. He's had knee injuries. Maybe there's some teams that, you know, don't want to draft him. I mean, you look at the numbers. You look at all the throws. You look at the film and what he's done for that team. And it's an amazing story going undefeated. Like he reminds me of two. He reminds me very much a little more arm strength of a, of a Tua. That's exactly who he reminds me of. Very accurate. Uh, not a not a runner. He is a pocket passer, thrower of the ball. Yeah. Very very good anticipation. Is in a pro style offense out of Washington and has put up big numbers. You saw what he did to Oregon last week. He's had a great year. Heisman Trophy finalist. Again, local product. You maybe you will maybe wonder him being back in Tampa is that the best place for him being back here. You wonder about that, but this is a quarterback rich draft, and there's going to be opportunities with other guys around the league. Justin Fields potentially, Kyler Murray potentially, 
Could those guys be available through trade that you could potentially upgrade a quarterback? But my point is, this is the year you have to make a quarterback decision because this is a very rich quarterback class, whether it's in the league and or the draft. Yeah, free agency is not good. There's only one guy there, and, and I know the Bucks have had a, a better job uh, with you know veteran quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins. If you want right. coming back, off of an Achilles tear, we don't right. you never know. Right. Do you want to go in that direction? Maybe the right. value is low. Maybe you re-sign a Baker and you still draft a quarterback and you have him as your bridge. But I don't know. I I feel like I'm at the point where I've kind of seen enough and this is who he is. And I hope that I'm not right about this. I hope he can show up here the last couple of games. But I, I think there, it's apparent to me there's a reason why this guy has been moved off yep. of other teams. And it's okay to say, well, he hasn't had a consistent offense or an offensive coordinator or coach. That's fair, but there is a reason why he hasn't necessarily worked out in this league, whether it's from injury in the past, of him not throwing the deep ball accurately enough, or just not being able to read a defense or focusing on too much of a, a – enough. Phys physical limitations. Physical limitations to that. He's. I love him. I love his – Yeah, right. He, he's gritty. He's going for third down. I love the attitude, but I think there's some limitations there, and you start to see it when you look at it. And right. It's right in front of you, and you watch it enough, and you're like, that that, that guy's only going to take you so far. And let's congrat let's congratulate Baker Mayfield. He and his wife are expecting a child. That came that was announced publicly this week. So, congratulations to the Mayfield family. You're gonna have a nice new uh, addition to the house. Um, but um, all right, so the Bucks moved to five and seven again. We've talked about it. They're still one game behind first. The, the Falcons, who beat uh, who somehow beat the Jets, the, the anemic Jets. Boyle and, and uh, the yeah, who's been cut? Out. Who's been cut now? We're back to the Zach Wilson at Bayside High School. Uh, Saved by the Bell. Zach is back in the uh, the Zach Zach attack Morris. is back. I'd rather have AC Slater at this. That's point. right. <laughs> I mean, uh, Mr. Belding, call, we got Mr. Belding calling plays up in New York. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Kelly Kapowski and Jesse Spano and Lisa Turtle and even yes. God bless him, Dustin Diamond. Let's have him start because goodness gracious. I mean, I get it. You put all your eggs in one basket with Aaron oh. Rodgers. It hurts for plays. But, God, this quarterback is – the quarterback room is so terrible. Like, you couldn't go sign Flacco. Like, Trevor Simeon, Zach Wilson. This could have traded for Josh Dobbs when they were still in it. Could have traded for Josh Dobbs, who would have been a massive upgrade right. over what they had. Um, but, yeah, so that's yeah. – we don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that. Yeah. Their quarterback, but you're exactly right. Their defense kept him in the game. And Atlanta, you know, Desmond Ritter, I mean, what did he throw for 124? I mean, he's he's a terrible quarterback. He's not going anywhere. And I don't – I still can't understand how he beat the Bucs besides the turnover by Baker. Well, there you go. Which there you go. Points, and then the defense not being able to shut them down after Baker go. and the offense lead him down uh, for, you know, a field goal that's apparently going to, you know, win the game for them they're not able to shut it down and in new orleans you have this you know the saints the saints uh they they go down with uh james winston having to come in for for Derek carr we're not sure winston very likely could start this week uh in against carolina a lot of uh, cars in concussion protocol other shoulder injury he, he took a vicious he's he's taken a beating this year in new orleans and uh but the saints are at, in the same spot five and seven but the Bucks again, one game behind Atlanta, head to Atlanta this Sunday, indoor game in Mercedes-Benz. This is, again, playoff game. 
If the Bucks lose, they're, they're probably done because two games behind, which means three in the law, three really because of the tiebreaker. This is a this is a de facto playoff game, and at least Todd has admitted that, and they all understand that. That they, they all know what's going on. That this is a uh, gotta have it game. Um, injury wise. Sounds like from what Todd said in the press conference on Wednesday, Levante David and Servatier Dennis back at practice. That's a good sign. No Jamel Dean, no Devin White as of yet. Doesn't mean they won't play, but more encouraging that Levante David and Servatier Dennis, the linebacking core, could be uh, some get get some fortification here on Sunday. Yeah, I want to see them anyway. I want to see both of those guys. I've I've seen enough of Devin White. I'm almost to the point where I'm I'm ready to move on and see. I always said you keep the same energy. If you don't want to see Baker anymore, you want to see what Kyle Trask has. Let's see what Savasi, Dennis, and J.J. Russell have over Devin White. If he's hurt or if he's not performing, which he hasn't, he's definitely been lacking. And, and that I would I would go with Levante, David, and Savasi, Dennis. I think that helps your, your – And maybe you found a versatility with Ryan Neal, a guy that's undersized, but he's versatile enough to maybe cover running backs out of the backfield a little bit better, maybe able to, to, to mask some of the weaknesses in the youth of the linebacking core. Last safety that you can remember that went from safety to linebacker. Can you remember? He played at the University of Georgia. Safety to linebacker. Safety to linebacker. He was for the Buccaneers or just you talking about for the, the Bucks. Bucks? For the Bucks. Jermaine Phillips. Very good. Very good. And he had all the forearm injuries, remember? Yep. yep. They, they were trying to convert him from safety to linebacker. Come out of Georgia. Uh, he was supposed to be the next coming of John Lynch. And then eventually – they. well, th that's what they always say. That's what Bucks fans always say. Anytime Easy. a safety gets – you know, Sabi Piscatelli. Easy. Easy. John Lynch. That's what the people used to say on the message boards all the time. I got you know you. what I'm talking about. I know what, um, yeah. Wow. It's not. Nobody's John Lynch, but yeah, yeah, maybe. Ryan Neal, I mean, it hasn't done a great job with taking angles and making tackles as a safety, so maybe <laughs> put him at the linebacking situation. Maybe you found something there that you didn't necessarily want to find. I mean, who well, this is gonna be this is gonna be a manhood game for the Buccaneers because you're gonna get a heavy dose of the running game. Bijan, you're going to get Algier, uh, Ritter's mobile. You're going to, you know, the wide receiver course coming on along a little bit. You're going to get more Kyle Pitts, more Drake London. So, again, this is going to be a in-the-trenches kind of game. So the front seven is going to be critical for the Buccaneers to stay in this game. And, again, you're, uh, you know, give me a thought there with, with your second time you've seen the Falcons. You kind of know they know each other pretty well. These staffs have been around for a couple of years, so they know each other. Um you know, this is going to be again the Bucks. Had, I won't say control of the game, but three turnovers. I believe in the last game was a major. They got three turn. Remember the fluky play with the fumble around the goal line by the Falcons that didn't turn into a fumble with the replay and all that. So it was a kind of a goofy game with the first time. Probably going to be a low scoring kind of game, twenty to seventeen kind of game. What do you, what do you see as we head to Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, this is an opportunity for this Bucks offense to really take off, especially the offensive line, because, you know, the Falcons as a defense getting after a quarterback only have 26 sacks, and I believe they lost Grady Jarrett, right? I believe he's I believe he's out, yep. But again, good secondary with Jesse Bates, the guy that's come over from the Bengals. The Falcon defense has actually been way better than they were supposed to be throughout the year. They've done a good job defensively. Um, I don't know who the D coordinator is, but Arthur Smith's done a good job getting that defense. Not a lot of pressure, but again, defensively, they've not given up a ton of points. They've been very competitive. Um, 
And again, to me, this is an offensive game for the Buccaneers. You're on indoor. You got you're on turf. There's no weather excuses. Obviously, it'll be a, it'll, it'll be an opposing crowd, but you should have some opportunities in the passing game and in the running game. We've seen some more life in the running game the last two, three, four weeks um, with some more burst runs out of Rashad White. And I like that the Bucks are not rotating a whole lot at running back. Rashad White's getting seventy five percent of the of the of the snaps. That's what we need. No very little chase Edmonds here and there a little bit, but let's, let's lean on Rashad white. I'm glad you mentioned that 35 carries 184 yards, one touchdown the last two weeks. He's definitely a bell cow. If you use them in that way, and that offensive line seems like they're getting more confidence. The matchup I'm looking at is who's going to step up. Is it going to be Mike Evans? Are you going to bracket coverage? Because they're going to, they're going to make Baker throw to somebody else. Well, AJ Terrell is out of this game with uh, possibly concussion protocols. Okay. You have a matchup there with Mike Evans. The bracket coverage. Can you get Chris Godwin involved? Can you get Trey Palmer? Trey Palmer, yes. With all Kate this Hutton, stuff, let's get the tight end some more throws too. With all this stuff coming out about Chris Godwin, I have a feeling he's about to have a game. I'll go with Chris Godwin in this yep. All right. Special teams-wise, again, McLaughlin's done a great job kicking the ball for the Bucks. Kamara's been pretty good, you know, very reliable for, for the most part. No issues there. Punt and, again, you're, yeah, your guy, the punt god, please. <laughs> he had a couple of punt shitters the other day, not, not a couple of not-so-good ones. And, and, again, the weather conditions, that's a tough, tough spot. But, but uh, again, and he's going back home. He's a Georgia kid, so yeah. – Going back to going back to his hometown and uh, home area and all that stuff, uh, but if you're the Bucks, I mean, again, just you're not turning the ball over a bunch, which is a good thing. But you, Baker, remember the Atlanta game? He had a horrific interception around the goal inside the ten yard line. In that Atlanta game, he tried to jam one in there, and just you can't do that. You no. can't force the ball. Take the, I won't say the check down all the time because I don't want him checking the ball down every time. But you can't. You got to get off your number one option if he's not there. Get to the number two and throw the ball away if he's if that's not there. Yeah, exactly. Live to find another day, and you're exactly right. He was trying to go to Kate Otten. He decided before yep. you know yep. he snapped. He was going to go there, and it wasn't there. It was in double coverage. So and you could have went down to White there in the flat. You're exactly right. So yeah, we'll see what happens. The Bucks have every opportunity to have everything to lose in this game, and uh, if you're going to win in the division. When one of the worst divisions you got it starts on if they, and if they win they're in first place you hate to say it yeah. they win they're in first place and more and just as important they're right there in the wild card because remember the bucks if the bucks and the vikings are tied at the end they got the head-to-head with the vikings after that week one win so you're right there with the vikings and the rams and the packers and guess who you play next week on the road you go to green bay so there's great opportunity you can win you know Figure out a way to win this game. You got your tied for the lead in the division. Plus, you go to Green Bay next week for a potential double up in a in a tiebreaker scenario in the wild card. So you got a great opportunity in front of you these next two weeks if you're uh, the Buccaneers. Agree, completely agree. All right, Peter Blake, give me before before we, before I get your prediction. I know we got a lot of Florida State fans that listen to the podcast. A lot of Florida Staters that are Buck fans too. Give me a quick thought on the on the Seminoles. What your thought on should they have been left out or not? Disgusting, disrespectful by the thirteen members. Wow, I, I disagree, but go ahead. Committee, uh, that team earned it. They should have been there. Uh, people want to bring up TCU last year because they they got they got their doors blown off by Georgia. Look, TCU wasn't even undefeated. They didn't even win their conference, and they still had the opportunity to play. These kids deserve better. 
Jordan Travis. I get it with the injury. Uh, but you're, you're not playing your third stringer. You play the third stringer in the Louisville game, you're going to play your second guy. Your defense was lights out. Jordan Travis deserved better because he came back. He could have went into the draft. Johnny Wilson deserved better. He went into the draft today, but he came out to specifically win a championship. And Jared Verse deserved better because he could have went into the draft and he stayed to win a national championship. And it's just a shame that, you know, well, we love on. sports. But you, you have to let it be decided on the field. And well, let me rebut. Let me give you a quick rebuttal. Yeah. If you're Tate Rodemaker, you have to play better than you played in Gainesville. You played terrible in Gainesville. Right. You played terrible. Say You have to be honest. I know I'm a Florida State guy. He played pretty poorly in Gainesville. Had he played well in Gainesville, they would have got the benefit of the doubt with the third stringer playing against Louisville. I am 1,000% convinced of that. Had he played well in Gainesville and they won, no matter what Florida State did against Louisville, as long as they won the game, they were going to get the benefit of the doubt. But he did not play nowhere near for a guy that's been in that program three, four years. It's not He wasn't a true freshman. And remember, he played two and a half quarters the week before against North Alabama. So you can't say, well, he hadn't played all year. He just finished, played two and a half quarters the week before when Travis got hurt. Rodemaker's got to play better against Gain in Gainesville against a below-average Florida defense. Then with that being said, uh, you know, what what changed? Why why not just rank the other teams over Florida State and not give them any hope? But you know why, you know, and this is not mentioned, when the ranking came out, when they kept Florida State at four on that Tuesday, we didn't know that Rodemaker wasn't going to play against Louisville. The assumption was Rodemaker was going to play against Louisville. We didn't know till Friday before the Louisville game that he wasn't going to play. That's why we kept him at four. My problem is, you know, the team is more than just one player, and that defense played lights out. They held Louisville, who was scoring 33 points a game, to six. We've seen it before. We've seen it with Ohio State. We've seen it with TCU last year. The New York Jets, bro. Good defense, really good defense, pitiful offense with the backup quarterback. That's it's the New York Jets. At least you got the chance because I think they got a lot more weapons than the Jets. They got a running game. You got two quality wide receivers in Wilson and, of course, Keon Coleman, which most likely will be in Sunday. You don't know. Everybody wants to be Miss Cleo and say, well, you know, we're so psychic and we think they're going to lose and get their doors blown off. Give them the chance. Let them play. That's the reason why you have sports in the first place. Let them play the game. This was an awkward year. You had six really good teams for four spots. Somebody was going to get left out. Unfortunately, I hate to say it. I think the committee got the right four teams for teams that can win the that can win the title. And I'm a Florida State guy. I hate to say that. I just think this was a bad draw for Florida State with the year. All right, give me a score prediction Atlanta Sunday. 20 to 17 bucks. All right, and I'm going to go 23, 16 bucks. Late touchdown to your boy Chris Godwin with the game winner late for the 23-16 W in Atlanta. Keep your playoff hopes alive. Buck fans, buckpower.com is your place to go. Video, audio, all that good stuff. Jason Powers' YouTube channel. Hurry, quick Peter Blake. Tell us where you can find the sports web. All right, here we go, fellas. And also, thanks for finding us. We'll see you next time. No quarter given podcast. See you next week, Buck fans. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another no quarter given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com. 
Podcast Network.